Hello, everyone. This is Rico, and you are listening to Treks in Sci-Fi, your weekly dose of geeky goodness. Uh, today is March 5th, uh, 2023. This is show 896, and actually, <laughs> this is about the fourth time I've recorded this intro. It's it's kind of silly. So um, anyway, I've just had some audio things not set properly. I'm still kind of getting used to my new computer and the newer version of Audacity. And that's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. But anyway, this week, we've got a special show for you. Uh, Chris and Joe, who do a show, a podcast called Journey to Wonder, uh, they, which covers a variety of things. Uh, you know, They most recently did a show about 2001 A Space Odyssey, also included 2010 Odyssey 2. Uh, they talked about the books and the movies both. I really like those movies. I like the books. So uh, I asked those guys if I could share that show and, and share some Journey to Wonder goodness here on Treks and Sci-Fi, and they said yes, and so that's what you guys are going to have today. Uh, it's um, a little longer, but I think it's a really interesting show, and I think you guys will enjoy it. If you want to check out more of their stuff, uh, they're over at uh, on Libsyn, so just go to journeytowonder.libsyn.com. They've done a show on interviewed with a vampire, with the vampire, sorry, interview with a vampire, with any old vampire, interview them. Uh, I am legend, um, contact. Oh, I love contact. Anyway, so check that stuff out uh, when you get a chance. Uh, upcoming on Trucks and Sci-Fi for the next few weeks, I am going to do more classic style shows. I got a good response for the recent one I did. I kind of got out of the habit of doing those a little bit because I've been covering so much of more recent Trek uh, you know, like Disco and Strange New Worlds and Picard, of course, and Lower Decks and Prodigy. And anyway, so next week I'm going to cover a TNG episode, uh, probably the episode Legacy. I don't think I've covered that. In uh, the week after that, I'm going to do a musical show, kind of cover some music, movie music themes and stuff like that that I enjoy. And then I think I'm going to do a skip week on the final week of March because we're having a kind of a busy weekend, going to be watching uh, – the grandkids and and yeah so that's what's coming up on the show uh over the next few weeks of march planning on doing a uh doing a patreon a group show in april i think that should be coming uh very soon so patreon members and again thanks to you guys who always um stick with the show and donate appreciate that patreon.com forward slash trucks and sci-fi and i think that's it uh i'll let these guys take it away journey to wonder chris and joe uh, you, um, you, I don't know what I was going to say there. You blah, 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 blah. Oh, you know, it's, um, as I say every week, hard to get started doing the podcast, even after all these years. So, but without any further ado, take it away, Joe and Chris on Journey to Wonder, talking about a, a space odyssey. Affirmative, Dave. I read you. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. My God, it's full of stars.
Hello, everybody. Hi. <laughs> that was the best intro. Uh, join us today for a journey into the far future. Yes, you, you, might, you, might even say a, you might even say a journey to wonder. <laughs> journey to wonder to the far future. Yes, to the far future of 20, 22 years ago. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then even farther. Yeah. <laughs> to 2010. <laughs> I mean, that, it is it is crazy if you if you think about it, right? Because I, I, we were just talking before we started recording and like the, the, the new Battlestar Galactica is 20 years old. So. Which, is, which is horrible. <laughs> right. <laughs> you which know, is like which also took which also screened after the the, the future of this book <laughs> yeah it um it always freaks me out like when people put those things up like um this movie is from the 80s and it's as far away from the wizard of oz as this one is from you and i'm like oh shut up like, ah, i'm not old <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um yeah so today we're going to be talking about 2001 a space odyssey Ooh. by sir sir arthur clark um with an e and 2010 now the book was called odyssey 2 um the movie is called the year we make contact even though i, I would know. argue that's not what really occurred but <laughs> no because it's well also i don't think that's even what's on screen in the right. movie i think it's just it's almost like the tagline but i don't remember it being in the credits. Um, so what we're going to do, so these books and movies are actually very, very close to each yeah, other. Yeah, and inexplicably linked together. So there's really no point in us separating them, you know, book to movie, because what, what, what we'll do is talk about the, you know, talk about the basic story and then sort of, you know, what might be in the book versus what's in the movie. Um, and in 2001, there's quite a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to talk about that's that's not in the movie because the movie has a lot of things that could just be a still photo right <laughs> it's like we could have put a whole bunch of story in here but instead yeah we'll we'll talk about you know the the reputation of the movie how the movie was sort of accepted by critics at the time and how at least how i feel about it now so and here's and the funny thing is I think that there are a lot of the reviews of 2001 are post release because a lot of people when it came out or critics when it came out were kind of some people were like it was a landmark achievement and some critics were like what the hell is this go- going on in this thing is nothing <laughs> going on here but um yeah so 2001 um Arthur Clark um Arthur C Clark I should say sorry um I have my history with 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 Arthur C. Clarke is probably that it's the first kind of hard sci-fi I ever read, quote unquote hard sci-fi. I, I probably agree. I think that might be the same for me. Right. And I believe the first one I ever read was so it's so weird with me and these this story because I both read and watched uh, 2010 before. <laughs> like for me, 2001 is not um, was like sort of like, oh, you know, you kind of you know, because in 2010, the movie, especially, you get what happened. It shells you everything right there in their prologue. And you're like, okay, right. I, get I get it. And that's pretty much, it's pretty much what happens. And I th- and I think, to, to not exactly the same, but I, I am sure I read 2010 before I read, I probably saw pieces of 2001, but I definitely, I think tw- 2010 was the first, my first entry into it, but it was the book. Not not the movie. No, I, I I'm trying to remember. I think they were kind of concurrent. 
with me because the movie came out in 84, which I know I didn't see it in the theater. Um, I know it was one of those VHS things where it has a cool cover. Um, I rent it and um, I think I watched it a bunch of times. And then I think I went to the library and got the book of it um, and then read and then rent it. Um, and then I actually went back and as a kid, I could never get through 2001. <laughs> so it's like, um, I preferred, I still do actually, we'll get to it, but 2010, um, the book, the book is, um, a little different of 2010, 2001 is basically the same story just with more detail. Yeah. Just more, more stuff and more like the characters are, are people instead of just figures on the screen right. that don't you don't really know much about aside from you know one of them has a daughter and it's her birthday and you know arthur c clark also wrote another book called rendezvous with rama which is sort of a similar kind of um theme i would say almost right you know mm-hmm. pre- previous civilization unknown object kind of thing so um what you know he's well super well regarded um probably up there with uh, I mean, with Asimov and those kind of. Guys. I mean, he's one of the, yeah, he's 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 one of the one of the greats, certainly, right. certainly, and 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 I think you know, obviously, well, well, I don't think it's it's overblown. He, you know, I I enjoy I enjoy his writing, and and you know, right right up front, I'd say I enjoyed the book. I really did. Yeah, both books are great. Yeah, and um, pretty interesting process with with two thousand and one. The the novel is it was sort of written with Stanley Kubrick's sort of it was like this concurrent thing that was happening when they were making Well cuz I guess he was if if I remember from the the audiobook's nice cuz it actually has like a pre a, yeah. a, a pr- 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 forward or, or whatever from you know a recording from from Arthur C Clarke right and yeah I guess he was supposed to write a screenplay and they said well instead of writing a screenplay let's just write a novel and I guess Kubrick and the other the powers that be were like, yeah, okay, well, we'll do that. But yeah, Kubrick was, was very involved. He was, I, I don't know if he had like, uh, you know, approval rights, but, but he would definitely like get sent, you know, updated manuscripts and he would make comments and he would, you know, they'd, they'd go back and forth and, and that sort of stuff, right. which is interesting. That's very, very different from a lot of the other, you know, the other novels that are adapted to movies that we've, we've discussed thus far. Yeah. And, um, you know, Arthur C. Clarke had written a shorter novella called The Sentinel, mm-hmm. which is very similar, not quite, but on the, along the same lines. And then they, uh, Stanley Kubrick kind of famously said, let's make a sci-fi movie. That's actually, let's make a movie. I don't actually know what Stanley Kubrick sounds like, but... uh, like British, I think. Right? Yeah, probably. Um, make us a, a sci-fi movie. That's uh, actually good. I think was the quote. Um, and they made a sci-fi movie. <laughs> right. Um, and I think I get the um, the sentiment, right? Because let's look, if you look at sci-fi movies, there's, but you know, I don't know, maybe he didn't like Forbidden Planet, but Forbidden Planet is a movie that kind of goes theme-wise beyond like what was going on in the 50s, right? But it's still got a flying saucer, right? It's still got guys wearing like weird, suits and it doesn't quite it still feels kind of silly even if well, it's not really right um so i think what he was what he means is you know let's make a hard sci-fi movie right well yeah and i mean if you like 
this the the movie and the book both came out in 1968 so yeah i mean what did you have in in 1968 like you said you had like forbidden planet you had flying saucer you had you know all that stuff star trek was on the air yeah on on tv which you know involved you know captain kirk you know fighting people on styrofoam sets yeah exactly so it was all sort of like so even star trek as seminal as star trek is like especially tos on 60s tv with slee stack caves and all that stuff like it was all fairly (laughs) silly right like yeah i mean it was it was an adventure Mm -hmm. right and this was this is this is and i would actually say this is most decidedly not an adventure like it's more to me it's like it's a story and things happen and some of the things are somewhat adventurous right but i wouldn't say it's an adventure (laughs) yeah not you it's certainly not an adventure like i'd like to go on that trip no not at all (laughs) jesus (laughs) yeah so you know the book and the movie both start like um with ape you know ape men right quote dawn of man dawn of man right um and it's pretty i mean i'm gonna here's what the thing we'll, we'll keep saying is if you've seen the movie you kind of you know only seen the movie never read the book you go yeah it starts with the apes okay <laughs> yes it, technically that's true except in the in the book it's like a whole chapter yeah there's like a story there and like yes. you know that one the, the the lead ape or the, our main you know point of view character ape has a name moon watcher <laughs> moon watcher and um i will say that the monolith they kind of argued the monolith wasn't really nailed down um visual uh how it looked quite mm-hmm. so you know in 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 this beginning part in the novel the monolith is like a clear crystal right um not what it's portrayed in the movie probably a little easier to do what they did in the movie i agree <laughs> from a from an, a, a vfx perspective i believe and that was kind of the concern as well um and then arthur c clark's dimensions were one by four by nine and that wasn't quite cinematic enough so they lengthened it you know mm-hmm. a little bit so it was very very tall right very tall so yeah, this this Moon Watcher basically it's like a pretty sad existence, kind of right. You know, it's like in his head they're like, well, only two, only we've only had two two people die, <laughs> you know, lately, and that's pretty good. And we're kind of hungry. We found some berries. Yeah, they're they're like uh, you know hunter hunter gatherers sort yeah, of. Yeah, and and it's funny, like you know, like his dad, they find he finds like his dad dead drags him out of the cave or whatever you He's know like, yeah like, that sucks <laughs> <laughs> and then goes about you know looking for berries or whatever and then like in one morning there that the monolith is there right and it's the way that the that moon watcher is thinking of it is like a stone right it's like this weird stone which yeah i mean that that's probably how you would think right. of it if you didn't i mean even if we saw it we'd probably be like oh is that made of stone or metal or yeah. so he decides to lick it um because you know that's what you do (laughs) (laughs) and uh and what's really interesting is you know so kind of this group of 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 proto-humans they're sort of becoming trance by it right because it's 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 doing something in the book in the movie you don't i mean it's just there you don't you have to kind of infer things in the book it's doing things like it it makes a target <laughs> like it give you know with he he's throwing rocks at it right the thing makes a target for him yeah i mean it's, it's it's effectively it's testing them right it's like right. hey who are the, who are the the smarter ones who who are the right. ones that i can sort of you know stretch yes uh, a little bit and and i think you in the book like it, there's there's 
I don't, I wouldn't say it's like a consciousness, but there's like intention coming out of like the, yes, the thing, 100%. you know, the, 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 the obelisk or whatever it's called. <laughs> it seems to be intentionally saying these things have potential, which we'll learn a little bit more about the aliens in the second store. Well, even at the end of this, at the end of the first book, mm-hmm. but, um, recognizes that this form is something that can be, you know, progressed. It can be taught. Right. Um, so they go from that to like u- using these rocks to throw it like the capybaras or whatever that are hanging around by them or what, and kill them for food. Right. So like, oh, and I think it's, it's, it's really cool the way that, that Clark sort of describes that. And I actually read some stuff more, more recently that reinforces this. It, it's not that like, like, I don't know how to explain this. It's like the proto humans. It's not that like they didn't have the potential to like pick up a rock and, you know, use it to hit something. It just never, they never, it never, that thought never entered their mind that a rock could be used for that. Right. Right. A rock is something that's on the ground and you don't pick it up and throw it at someone. It's just a rock. Right. And in the movie, that's sort of portrayed with the bones, right? So yeah, he's playing with the bones and he's like, Oh, this has that reaction. Then he like smashes the skeleton or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, and so like, I don't know if it's like he found the one that had like the, the, the brain, physical construction or something because one thing and you know what i said when it was said i read something it, it was this there it was some reddit post that talked about like you know apes and jane goodall and and all that stuff and and what the article pointed out was that this through all this research and all this working with like you know the great apes and, and all of this stuff you know we taught them sign language and everything and the one thing that has never happened with these apes is they have they can communicate and you can like make statements and things but they have no ape in any of these uh experiments has ever asked a question like they don't have that mental capacity whatever you want to call it curiosity yeah i don't i don't want to say something that's like you know insulting to to apes or, or whatever but but basically they're not capable of asking a question right they, they can only make st- communicate in statements this is the thing right Versus. and so this th- i found th- that just having recently read that and then watching this like it, this is that's very well captured in this right it start they start because like what what does it do it starts to tell like give moon watcher the idea that like we can we can do more than hang out around this water and our cave like we can we can go looking and go take over some other people's territory. Right. And like, you know, make sure that we're, you know, we're, we're fed and, and right. we're protected. That's and- what it gives them. A, so, so basically in the novel, especially it's like conquering yeah. and um, violence is what moves the human uh, species forward. Right. Yeah. So I think the first thing they do is like, they kill, they kill a leopard. Yes. And then, it's, yeah, there's been a leopard killing their people. So, it's like, well, screw that leopard. Now we got a way yeah, to kill throw it. Throw a rock at its head. <laughs> <laughs> and then he figures out, like he picks up something and he uses that as a club and then right. they go and that's where they get the rival tribe and that's right. And all that stuff. And and then I think, you know, time progresses and they say, you know, for, for the, for a very long time, it's a thousand years. I think. Yeah. It was like the rock and the club and, and nothing really progressed, but that was enough to sort of make humanity man whatever you want to call it it. changed from that to fire to flintlocks to that to nuclear war blah 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 and yeah i i sort of i'm surprised they didn't do it in the movie but they didn't do that i thought they were going to do that like fast forward and you see like castles and then like (laughs) 
Like in the no, uh, that's not something that Kubrick does. Yeah, in the previous in, the, in whatever we did last time, you know, Superman two or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, no, in the movie, it just sort of transitions the bone to like the nuclear satellite, really. Right. You know? That's that's kind of the transition. You see the bone, which was a weapon, and then a nuclear satellite in orbit of Earth, which is of course a much worse weapon. Uh, and then time passes and we party like it's 1999 and it is because it's 1999 <laughs> and, uh, and I was 18 years old <laughs> and what's really the book for sure. And the movie, it's like, you kind of can see that like Dr. Floyd is just, he's another ape man <laughs> just with different sort of yep. priorities. <laughs> right. Um, and it, again, this is very, very similar. This very follows the same lines as the movie. He's going to the space station. Um, there's some, some secret stuff going on. And uh, I think in the book, they explain much more clearly that they're like, oh, yes, there's a, right. a, a you know, a, a, an outbreak like a, the, on the moon on, in one area of the, of right. the moon base. So is it Clavius base? Clavius base. Clavius yeah. base. That's it. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just, and it's mentioned in the movie kind of briefly, but it's like the whole, this, the whole cover story of, you know, of what's going on and why the Clavius base, because the moon is portrayed in the book, especially as like this place where a lot of people live. Yeah. It's not like, you know, now where nobody's there. Yeah, like 20, 20, 20 plus years after 1999, where we're right. just, we're, we're only just I mean, now, which I think, you know, and that makes sense. I mean, in 1968. Oh Yeah. Or this is like the height of you know the space race and the and the the Apollo program I think is going on right. I'm um, sixty eight. We hadn't even been to the moon. We hadn't landed yet. We hadn't landed, but they were going. They were working well, on it. And <laughs> the end of nineteen sixty eight was when they orbited the moon for mm-hmm. the first time. So, you know, we hadn't. You know, that's that's how far out we were from. You know, it was still a year. Well, probably when this movie came out, it was still a year from us landing on the moon. Right, but if you're sitting there in 1968, you're like, "Oh God, yeah." In 1999, correct. We're gonna have been going. It's gonna there's gonna be like a bus to the moon because we went from Germany, right? Germany, <laughs> <laughs> and we're landing on the goddamn moon. <laughs> and I mean, why wouldn't we make a house there? You know? Um, no, I always I I understand why Arthur C. Clarke they they picked 2001 because yeah. when you you know and they had. NASA, they had people that did some work for NASA helping them with a lot of the concepts and designs for this. Yeah, well, because you you assume that there's going to be at least a linear progression, right? That we're go we're on the way to the moon, we're gonna get to the moon, and then we're gonna continue doing stuff with the moon as opposed right. to what we did, which was not do that. Worry right? about that worry about the commies and then <laughs> you know, not care about safety. Uh, right as much not have a, a culture of safety so um yeah it, 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 in this book you know the, the one of the 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 mar the uh, clavius base uh, director or whatever he has a daughter that's been was born on the moon and they're like and like oh. she's like ew earth i don't want to go there <laughs> and she's mentioned as being taller right she's For a belter age. yeah but that hasn't you know they don't look older because they, the gravity does not work on them you know right so um yeah so so dr haywood floyd um portrayed this in the movie by william sylvester uh and he's sort of like the head of it's not nasa 
right? It's like no, the NCA or yeah, something. What the, yeah, something like that. And with the thick uh, mid-Atlantic accent, you know, <laughs> that mid-Atlantic accent that was so big in the in those mo- in the move that it's basically what it is. It was invented as a upper class American accent, right? Which is people, you know, if you ever see Cary Grant in movies, the way that he spoke, Cary Grant was born in England, but his accent, which he kind of changed to for Hollywood from his, uh, I think he was from London. I don't remember exactly. Um, but yeah, his, his English accent, regardless right. of what it may have But been. like his accent became very, now look here, mister. You know? <laughs> Uh, but it was a little bit more better than that. That it, that's just sort of that mid-Atlantic accent. He's really got that. His daughter, <laughs> who he speaks to on the video phone, has a British accent because she is Stanley Kubrick's daughter. So ah, it yeah. all makes sense now, right? His mommy there, yeah. Um, which again, you're watching this in 1968. They got a freaking video phone. They're called video phone. Yeah, video phone. We only and just got that like in the past few years. That's a good point. You know, like. Do we really have that, you know, FaceTime? When does the- Yeah, I mean, really, it's like, it's it's basically, yeah, FaceTime and, you know. Well, I guess you could say, like, Skype. Sure, so fine, maybe, like, in the last 15 years, right. really. Right, that's when it became a thing that was easy. And um, and now it's just like, you know, now you can just, I can call my son and wherever he is, and I can see what's up there. So Yeah, yeah. my parents call me in, and I go, oh, do I really have to be on video? <laughs> yeah, my son called the other day. He wanted to be on, and, and to me, it was a hassle, just like this. I turned to vi- jo- join with video. I'm like, no, no, God, no. <laughs> um, I don't want to be on video, and I and my son always wants to be on FaceTime, and my wife does not want FaceTime, especially after, like, you've been working all day. And you've been on FaceTime, and someone's like, well, why aren't your camera turned on? I'm like, oh, okay, yes, I'll turn on my camera. Or it's like, because it's never the greatest angle, and you have to see your face, like, the, the huge chin. Uh, yeah, which ca- which causes like apparently there's like been studies now over COVID times that like that causes like anxiety because you see yourself and you're like oh like I do that like if I get sure. on a call early I like start checking out my hair. No, like stuff. yeah, I was on the, uh, you know when I'm in a video meeting and the, you know you're luckily generally the only time mine will show up is if I'm like I move my mouse or something. But yeah, I'm constantly making sure that the angle is right. You know, yeah, it's like is the angle good and like you don't oh, want to look. Sh- I gotta shave. <laughs> We like every guy that's like an older guy, like his Facebook profile picture is always like huge chin, small yeah. head. That's <laughs> that's the best picture I can take for this. Um, so basically, he gets confronted by like the Soviet, his like so almost like his his Soviet counterpart, I would say, mm-hmm. right? Who's like, oh, what are you doing uh, over there? I hear you got some kind of you know uh, disease. Yeah, like, it's like, oh, I really wanted to go visit, but it's uh. yeah. And in in the movie, it's a little bit. Um, more subtle, right? It's not like as you know, Doctor Floyd just kind of is like, well, you know, I can't really say. <laughs> of course, he but knows it, exactly what's going on. Yeah, what's funny in the in the in the in the book, it's like you see in, in his thoughts, like I really don't want to talk to this freaking guy, <laughs> you know, at all. Like I'm having a meeting, I'm not going to want. Uh, and there's a lot more. Obviously, it's a book. There's a lot more exposition because in the movie, basically, he goes from "I'm going to have lunch here," and then he, then the next thing, he's on the moon shuttle, right? And yeah, it's like, I, did he have lunch? I don't feel like he actually. No, because did. then he's eating a sandwich on the moon shuttle. Well, he got interrupted by the Russians. Yeah, <laughs> what is this chicken? Ah, what? It's something. <laughs> you know, and that's what this movie needed more of was like actual people like conversing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he gives like he goes to the base and gives like a a, a speech to say hey you know sorry because you know it's pretty true because this is going to Earth right that there's like this 
uh, outbreak on Clavius base and people on earth are like, Oh my God, my you know son's there, whoever's there, my family's What's there. Going on? But it's a cover story because they found this thing called T it's a Tycho magnetic anomaly one, the TMA one. Right. Um, and it's a mag it's what it, it's what they say it is. It's a magnetic anomaly and a, you know, uh, that stood out like a sore thumb on the moon. So, uh, what do they do? They decide. And did well, they? I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm not sure. In the movie, did they actually call it TMA one? They did. Yes. Okay. It's just maybe not not quite as many times. It's mentioned by the Russian. We've been hearing about this TMA. What? No, he says something like, "What does TMA one mean to you?" It's like, oh, nothing. <laughs> oh, nothing whatsoever, Sergey. Um. And it is it is brought up in the meeting, and it's brought up later on when when Bowman triggers that message from Floyd on the uh, discovery after he's when he's deactivating Hal. Um, so yeah, so it's a magnetic anomaly, and of course, there's nothing else like it on the moon. So they're like, "What is this?" So what do they do? They dig it up, and it's like what forty feet down? I can't remember. It's it's buried pretty far down. <laughs> Yeah. And um the reason I I mean I would guess if if you were an alien race, you know, I guess if somebody goes to all this trouble to to un, unbury this thing then uh I guess I guess they're ready or whatever. Or, well, yeah, exactly. It's like why would you bury something that would only, you know, only sends a signal when it's right. exposed to the sky? Well, you you want to do that so that when it gets uncovered, you get the signal. So yeah. They all fly out to to to, to uh, where to where the anomaly was, um, it and then yeah they once the sunlight hits it it like now in the in the I, I don't know that it's as clear in the movie in the movie it's like somebody touches it like I think Doctor Floyd touches it or whatever and then it makes a noise and then the sun's above it but in the in the book it's very clear that when the sun hits it for the first time right that it sends out that shriek and it's a very very brief. Signal, yeah, signal, and 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 to what I f consider to be the 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 oddest discrepancy between the book and the novel, mm -hmm. the location of you know where the signal gets sent, which is Saturn. Uh, in the book, it's Saturn, or it's uh, or I guess it is it it's uh, Iapetus. I guess yes, to be Iapetus. Um, and uh, yeah, in the movie, obviously, it's Jupiter. Now. In the movie, the, the the reason was aside the the uh, what was his name uh, Edlund or whoever did the special effects. Like, geez, why am I blanking? Couldn't do um, convincing Saturn rings. He said, like, "You want me to do rings? No, no, we're not doing that. No rings. Not doing rings." <laughs> but then I guess he did do that for Silent Running, and it was fine. So yeah, well, which yeah. is only a few years later. But um, yeah, the main reason is that for the effects to work, um, they didn't want to do Saturn for whatever reason. So. Uh, in the movie, it is Jupiter. Um, and by the way, in the 2010 novel, Arthur C. Clarke decides to just go with the movie stuff because guess what? The movie is more famous. It's like, <laughs> so, oh, this is so he's he he uh, he retconned. He did. He retconned it to Jupiter, which is good because in the movie, especially, it's like you can't imagine it not being Jupiter. So um, see, Star, Star Wars didn't didn't invent the retcon or Star Trek or whoever everyone even argues. your the vaunted Sir Arthur C. Clarke did his own a retcon on his own work, which I guess is allowed. I mean, he can say whatever. Exactly, he's like, oh, I made a mistake. Whatever. So Jupiter. So yeah. So then you kind of 
are sent to the USS Discovery, uh, which is, you know, en route through the asteroid belt. Yeah, there's a lot of like a lot of like time jumping there is in this. It's like this happened, then we jump, you know, millions of years, and then we jump to, you know, Two the Discovery's later. already, yeah, on en, en route in the year two thousand one. Right. Where we meet, I, I guess, our three main characters. It is really, I mean, in the book for sure. I mean, Poole is, I mean, he's barely in the movie, isn't he? I mean, uh, compared to like Bowman or, or mm-hmm. Hal, or any, I think I don't even think he has his main lines as Dr. Floyd. Um, but yeah, so you've got, you've got Doc, uh, Commander uh, uh, David uh, Bowman, right? Yeah. Who is our, our, uh, He's in charge, but I mean, not really because him and Poole in the book kind of share command. Yeah, they're kind of like just co-commander, but, you know, co-pilots. But I, I guess, you know, ostensibly he is right. the mission commander. Right? right. And then Frank Poole, who is, uh, by the way, the weirdest part about <laughs> the series <laughs> uh, the, of these books is that Frank Poole is not done in this book <laughs> after this book. <laughs> despite the fact that you know there's some more than short you know not too long from now he meets his end and and neither is 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 hal or bowman mm-hmm. um but and then you and hal heuristic al heuristic what is it heuristically programmed algorithmic logic something is that something what or other yeah, yeah. anyway to nine thousand. because um, you know we like having crazy numbers after things it makes it seem like they went through a, quite a few other versions, right? <laughs> Heuristically programmed algorithmic computer. That's what it means. So the Al is just algorithmic. I yeah. Guess. So which, which always makes me laugh because my, my father-in-law's name is Hal. And so. my wife's grandfather was named Hal. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you just think of some, I just think of some old dude who's grouchy, you know, <laughs> but, um, and basically Hal 9,000 is, so it's, it's like super advanced. Hal 9000 can run the mission himself, right? Like he does not really need the people. <laughs> this and, and and this I was just talking to 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 my wife about this bef- beforehand and we were sort of of joking like this is is such a 60s like trope about yes. computers, right? This is like you know, Kirk and Nomad or the M5 or, or whatever. It's like, or, or, uh, you know, Westworld or whatever. It's like, I'm a, yeah, I am perfect. <laughs> you know, I cannot make a mistake. Look at my track record. You must trust me. I am a computer, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's like, it's, it's well done, but it's like, you know, looking back on it now, it's like, you know, you, it, it makes you think of, of, you know, Kirk sort of like, you know, confusing a computer until it explodes. I'm like, I can't, it's like, I, I'm like, here's my, should I do, I, I'll talk to my MacBook, you know, until it catches on fire. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm just going to put Y in Google and see what happens. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of in the book, it's almost like Hal's kind of annoyed that he has to have humans people do, yeah it's like why are do, you here to do some things he can't do right because he doesn't have you know hands or hands. you know he can't he can't you know manipulate right. but in reality if it was just like fly the ship to saturn uh find out what this thing is he could do that himself yes and um, and and as we will eventually find out he has been told that he if it comes down to it he should do that himself right um and basically, the original mission was to Jupiter, 
and it got changed at launch, like before launch, mm-hmm. uh, to Saturn. That's if I'm not mistaken. I believe uh, so. Yes. So what they're going to do is they're going to go. They're going to do this this maneuver uh, around Saturn to uh, use Saturn uh, as a boost to get to, or sorry, Jupiter, geez Louise, to get to Saturn. That is the that is the limit of what they'll be involved with with Jupiter. I mean, there's obviously a lot of things uh, where that they observe. They they send a probe out to look at an asteroid on the way you know just space space stuff it's very so in the book also uh bowman his there it's like just they're locked into a routine right uh bowman wake they wake up frank goes to sleep i uh you know bowman has his set uh chores or whatever his duties to do and he's all right with that <laughs> yeah i mean you know they're basically like you know this the space janitors almost like pretty keep, much keep I everything mean, going keep everything clean because sure. we got to just keep the ship running until we need the scientists who are uh in hibernation right right i guess we didn't talk about them they're they're yeah. like the science crew and they, they were like loaded onto the ship in hibernation correct um only to be awakened when they got you know closer to uh which is really weird if you think about it like they just put them in cryo cryogenic sleep the cargo there <laughs> they are cargo um and everything's going cool right like by the numbers <laughs> until hal says that the and, ae35 AE, communication yeah <laughs> right so they do their maneuver right they get past jupiter mm-hmm. and yeah they have this problem with this this ae35 which is kind of it's part of the you know it's like grand- the it's like the motor or the piece of the the processor that, that keeps helps the, keep it- the radio yeah. pointed at earth basically earth, right without it you know they're just aiming nowhere or they can't at least they'd have to manually try to find earth with it right so um i think does 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 dave go out first i think dave goes out and gets the first gets it uh they bring it back and there's nothing wrong with it so they're like hmm. so they're like oh well maybe we should like go put it back or you know right because i think they have like they have like three or two like right. two x two replacements for this thing so the solution was and i think that and this is in the movie as well it's like put it back and see like, what it's happens. not broken and then see if it breaks we can change it again it's not a big deal like we've right, got three we ha- yeah and they have the, the the pods right so they take these pods and they go out um in the movie portrayed wildly crazy to me well, like they, the big bulbous like not only that i mean the design is awesome i love all by the way i'm gonna say all the design is in 2001 i love i have a model of the discovery i am mm. going to do i'm actually not even I'm, i might even do it with the sulfur color i don't Ooh. know i haven't decided yet um the no what's crazy to me is how they park the pod like uh, so far away and then like there's right. they don't, there's no like indication of jets or safety they just jump out <laughs> and sort of swim towards the it's like what about like a you know a, 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 a tether a tether, yeah, a tether would be, be nice so that was like why well, just like boy i never really thought about that because even in the sequel they have like all kinds of tethers and jets and things like that well because you know by then we've like you know been to space <laughs> correct so i guess that makes sense um yeah they and so like yeah they go out and they change it out um basically you know they figure out kind of you know and 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 frank and and uh bowman are kind of very polite with Hal. they both have their concern. very much like please Hal, thank you Hal. <laughs> in the movie it's not portrayed as well i don't think but in the book they they really do treat him sort of 
first of all, like, you know, like a person, but also realizing like David, like Bowman realizes like how much shit that Al does on the shit. They, like, they kind of, te- yeah, they, they kind of talk to him with the retreat of like some kid gloves. Like he, right. he, he they're, they're sort of scared to like, not scared, but they're, they try really hard, like not to offend him, not to imply right. that maybe he's not correct about well, because something. Because the, the implication is like that this supposedly perfect system has a flaw in it and they're stuck with them. Like they can't, they're in the middle of space. <laughs> like, it's like there's no backup computer. <laughs> right. So it's like, they are like, it's, they're screwed if, if Hal and they are screwed. But if Hal goes bad or, or something's wrong with him, what is the answer? Now, Bowman can obviously, he's a, you know, he can fly the discovery himself. And, but it's like having the computer do these things is, you know, made, made, made way, space. way better. And again, you know, like you said, the design, like I think even, I think with a lot of things in this movie, like if you've never, if, if you've never like sat and watched this movie, you, you would recognize Hal, right? Of course. The, the red lens thing or just the voice really or the voice yeah yeah but um so in the movie they decide like after they've done this second thing they're like okay there's and then they call back to you know mission control and they're like hey we've got our you know you know how not Niner thousand <laughs> Niner zero eight hotel yeah. alpha lima niner zero zero yeah <laughs> And uh, they're not, they're showing no, no fault. And, uh, and, you know, they've got, they've got their own Hal back at, right. Probably not Houston, but whatever, you know, back at mission control and they, they run the simulation on their Hal and their Hal says there's nothing wrong. Cause basically I think, yeah, Hal sort of says, that the the AE35 right. is broken then they change it and then he's like oh it's the, this it's new one's going to break it's broken again sorry guys yeah. you got to go do something and and really what this is you know what's in the movie again you can kind of there's only like a hint of it but you know there's a whole there's a reason behind what Hal's doing <laughs> but uh, not necessarily an evil reason it's yes, not yeah. reason. but he does have yes an, a, a, an ulterior motive god i would hate it if my computer had like ulterior motives right imagine. for doing things so pool goes out again <laughs> and this time you know he's asking how because like basically he's using the lights on the pod to see because you know there's no illumination you know where you are right because space and well, he realizes that the lights are moving in a weird way. Hal doesn't answer him when he asks. Yeah, it's like, Hal, move the light down. And, and it's like, Hal, Hal. And it's like, you know, Hal generally is like on top of things, right? Because he's a computer. Right. You shouldn't have to ask him things three times. He's right. like, he's distracted. Yeah. And they were noting, for example, like Bowman was noting these weird pauses, right? Mm-hmm. And, like a, and like some kind of verbal tick, if I remember correctly, yeah. like, that, that Hal was doing when he was taking much longer to answer simple questions or whatever. Um, and basically what, what Hal does is he just bashes pool with the, uh, pod, you know, and Bowman sees pool kind of fly by the window <laughs> and it's like, Oh geez, uh, that's not good. And he's, yeah. Cause I think they had talked to earth and, and I think, you know, basically mission control was like, you should probably just disconnect the computer. And, and I think Hal kind of gets wind of that. That's right. That's <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. It's a little bit because like they're again, not, a, I don't know. Well, they made its mistake in creating a sentient computer, I guess. Well, yeah. But problem one, making a sentient <laughs> computer. Problem two, making it so that it could hear everything that comes over the radio and yeah. everything that's sitting in the ship. And, uh, uh, and in the movie, it's like they go into a pod. And right, they're, like, they're like, hell, hell, ho, oh, you can't hear us. Right. But they, he can read their lips. So he sees yeah. them. And they're like, you know, he's there's something wrong with us. We're going to have to disconnect them. Blah, 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 blah. And, and Hal's like, well, that shit ain't happening. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. So so pool gets killed. Then Bowman know. has to go out in the yeah. pod, and he wants to. He he you know he doesn't know that pool. He doesn't necessarily know that he's dead. He's got to go save save his you know his co-pilot. So he goes out there with the pod. He gets pool. He sees he's dead, and you know he is dead. And um, lets him go. And of course, Frank Pool will be the first man to get to Saturn. I believe is the quote. Yes, that's the quote because he's yeah he's ahead of the ship now. Right. Um. And he he tries to go back to the ship, and Hal ain't letting him in. <laughs> right. Um. But eventually, movie. I think Hal does. In the book, Hal lets him in. In the in the in the movie, that's that's kind of what happens. So the, there's shorthand in the movie versus the book. In the movie, this happens. Uh, Bowman can't get back in. Yeah, yeah, that's where we got the famous. I'm sorry, Dave. I can't. I'm sorry. To open the pod bay doors, Hal. Yeah. So that, but that in the book, that doesn't happen. In the book, he sort of argues with Hal a little bit. Hal lets him in. Right. And then he wants to uh, he wants to wake up the other the three guys in in hibernation. Yeah, now, the, the policy is to open up to start up one of the guys one right? of them and he's like mm, i'm waking up everybody it's like and he screw says, this i need all the help i can get yeah and how's like that is not the policy you know because i think what it was how he gets himself back is that he kind of successfully argues with hal right yes and in I the book he successfully argues with hal and hal lets him back in. and i think even hal maybe is hoping that he can get dave to be on his side and understand or at least kind of go along with hal right mm-hmm. <laughs> you know because really all hal is programmed to do is complete this mission yeah, that's his his entire, you know, his his reason for being is is to complete the mission. And he's always like, I'm very excited about the mission. I, How I is the mission? Most enthusiasm for the mission. <laughs> um, exactly. So so yeah, I think, you know, where there there's a divergence here, and then you know, Bowman tries to to wake the guys up. Yes. But uh well while he's doing that, uh <laughs> Hal basically just opens up the, the ship. Yeah, it's the ship. The ship. <laughs> Now, yeah, in the movie that doesn't happen. He, in the movie, also, he just like turns off the life support for, to the to the sleeper pod things. Yeah, in the in the movie, he just kind of kills them in their pods while Bowman's trying to get in. Yeah, because Bowman, how he gets in is pretty cool, actually. Yeah, actually, <laughs> he um uses the pod to open up this manual airlock, and then like turns the pod around, and then like braces himself, blows the bolts of the uh, hatch and like flies into just like airlock. blows himself into the airlock and then hits the emergency airlock close thing. So because he doesn't have his helmet. Right. It's and, great. And it's a, it's just a really cool. Yeah, it's cool. So like and, and that's the thing I'll say about this movie. Like when there's an action piece, it's really fun and it's really well done. But it's just, you know, we'll we'll do the oh, overall it took forever to get there. But my God, to get there. <laughs> This so all happens after the intermission. <laughs> yes, I think I sent you that. It's like, how do you know if a movie's too long? There's an intermission and there's music. Uh, right. Um, so, yeah, this happens at like all the quote unquote action, <laughs> such as it is. Yeah. It all happens after the intermission, which is pool going out to the AE 35, uh, pool getting killed, and then all of this stuff that ha- all the basically the act three stuff, right? Yeah um because this is well this is like a two and a half hour movie it's right? longer than i remembered and it feels longer than i remember yeah. um and then and basically he goes right from there to um to disconnect to start messing with hal right he's like yeah All right, i've had enough of this nonsense um and he and he does a disconnection and hal is talking to him like you're 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 what does he say? You're like, damn, my you're mind going. is going. My <laughs> mind is going. You're killing me. You're killing my brain or something like that. Right. Because Hal, of course, has no concept. And the thing in the book that is made very clear is that Hal was turned on and he was never turned off. Right. He's, he's just like constantly. He's, he's a person. Yeah. And he and he unlike us, he doesn't like go to sleep. So 
for Hal, going to sleep would be like dying is what yeah. he would consider dying. So for him, he's like fearing. He's like, what are you doing? I mean, I'm alive. And now you're 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 taking pieces of me away. Yeah, he's basically like you're he was like disconnecting his his memory. I love I love old computer terminology, his memory circuits, memory, circuits. his logic circuits. <laughs> yes, it is that. Sure. In the in the movie, I think it's very elegantly done. No, it, it is. It's very like and, and again, I can see from this like the, so much like Star Trek. Yes, is inspired from this. Like, oh the, yes, the, the the you know his memory units are isolinear chips. And, you know. Basically, you know he Dave Bowman takes the screwdriver, puts it in this thing, and then the big plastic thing you know, comes, out. comes out, and he's like, okay. And I'll say in in both, like in in the movie and and the book, this part is is both really well done, and to me, so to me, it's like this is a one of the coolest parts of the movie, and also one of the most disappointing parts of the movie because and, and I'll say it because. You know, the way this happens and like I've both both times I felt really bad for Hal. Sure. Agreed. Like because you 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 see him like regressing to the point where he's like, hi, I am a Hal 9000 computer. Please I, enter your blow. Good morning, Dr. Chandra or whatever. Right. In the in the movie, they make it. Language. Yeah, they change the name and then they retconned it again in, in the next movie. But. <laughs> but yeah, so it's like especially I think doing the book before the movie. Mm-hmm. you kind of go you kind of feel bad you feel you do feel bad for Hal because like it's not his fault like none of this is his fault yeah he, it's just he, the way he's stuck just his, in a loop and it's yeah not his fault. no and, and I mean it's it's that and and yeah just just again like how he goes from like himself and sort of talking you know telling Dave not to do it and being very coherent to just sort of like I can feel it yeah oh yeah and just remembering that and then just going back to like his startup and then you know singing Daisy you know it's like he regresses to you know a, a, and then a the child very, basically and then the like just the bass robot robotic kind of voice, voice. yeah so I mean that that is like you know in a lot of ways it's very gut-wrenching and 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 the reason I say it's also very disappointing is I never really felt like Dave was in danger, right? He's like, oh, Hal's malfunctioning. I'm gonna go turn it off, and he turns him off, and then it's done. Sure. Like there was no like I I feel like if this movie was made today, there'd be like this epic battle or something, right? Not that I expect that, but it just seemed like it was like we need to turn him off. Okay, I'm gonna go turn him off. Yeah, okay, I, I turn think him the re- the danger is knowing that Hal is sort of been running things like a factotum like right. he's really just taking care of everything on that ship so what happens when he's alone yeah, so it's like now what yeah. bowman is alone like the furthest person al- away from he's the furthest away from earth anybody's ever anybody's ever been yeah and and there's also and now after this is when he learns about the truth really mm-hmm. you know, he learns that and again in the, in the movie it's like he does the, the memory thing and then this video of, of dr floyd comes up kind of explaining to him all the stuff with the uh the true mission and the yeah. you know tma1 and, and all that stuff this so he all, did yeah, yeah so they didn't know that so the scientists knew it the scientists knew it which is why they were kept asleep hal um, knew it and knew it. and was told not to tell them which yes. will come up in the next book and uh and they and neither of them you know knew yeah so basically it's just he, he basically you're, you're telling a computer to lie, right? Is that kind of basically what happens? Yeah. And, uh, but in the book, it's like he learns all this through communicating with Earth. Like there's a whole big chunk. Of, yeah. It's like, oh, well, now that, you know, we, we, things have changed, we'll just tell you exactly what's, what's going on versus in the movie. It's, I don't know exactly how it, it works. 
But right. as, as soon as Hal shuts down, this like scratchy recording pops up on one of the on one of the screens. Right. And actually, that's another another um, you know sort of visual design thing that I I noticed between the first movie and the next movie. In the first movie, the the screens, and again, this being 1968, they were not like televisions. They were like flat panel. Oh yeah, no displays. Like, like, like what what Frank is watching, like the news on. It's like a big iPad. Yeah, I mean, it's like a big iPad, and all those displays in the ship are like LCDs. Like they're flat panels and whatever. And then in the next movie, it's 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 not that. They're like you know. I mean, hell, what's his face? We'll get there. But what's his face is using an Apple IIc on the beach that I <laughs> have in my the next room. <laughs> right. So, you know, the problem, I mean, really what happened with Hal, right, is because he was told to keep a secret, he has two, he has these conflicting missions. His mission is to support the crew, right? But he also can't tell the crew <laughs> And the truth about the anything, truth. yeah. So, so again, it's the, it's the Captain Kirk stuff, right? It's like it really I am a computer. Is, yeah. I have conflicting I, logic, logic, error, error, and catch on fire, right? Right, and that's that is certainly what kind of they go with with Hal. It's it's just that you know he's trying to reconcile like his overarching mission with his mission that is the you know his every day, mission that's every day. Yeah. To run the ship, to deal, to interact with with the uh, with the commander and and Frank, and uh, basically be like one of the crew. I guess it's almost like Ash, right, from Alien. Yeah. Of, you know. And again, it's super fascinating because it, it does really show you know the 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 fear and the distrust of of te- that kind of technology at the time right there were a lot of a lot of stories this being maybe one of the most seminal but there's a lot of them about that right like these right and and you know man having to prove that they're still superior to the machine because of our you know our our creativity and our <laughs> brains and and that stuff like yes you you can do math much faster than me and you can do you know thousands right. of calculations per second but i am a person and i am a creative being and i'm better than you yeah, and i, I will never- beat you you know like <laughs> Can never figure out why data would want to be human. I'm like, you're way yeah, better. Yeah, it's like sucks being human. <laughs> you're you way better. About data? <laughs> and you can still like, you know, make love to Tasha Yar. F- so fully functional. The, yeah. Yeah. What's the problem? Yeah, you got everything, <laughs> man. <laughs> so um, you know, they find the, the he eventually gets us to Saturn. The second monolith is there. It's very, very huge. Mm-hmm. Um there's a very there's a lot of visuals in the movie yes of the monolith floating and turning very very cool you know again but it's like a almost like a static image except the monolith sort of has some like you said it's turning a little bit but very pretty very symmetrical shots of of it but uh you know going dave decides to go out well i think that's part of the mission he has to go see what this thing is see what it's all about yeah and now in the movie, what do you get? You get <laughs> you get Dave going out there in the pod, and you get you get a close up of the monolith, and then all of a sudden there's like an acid trip going on. Yeah, it's like what what feels like twenty five minutes. <laughs> I think it may be close to that. I'm serious, <laughs> Jesus. Now again, I know that like this movie is famous for like stoners or people doing trips to you know make sure that whatever they were taking hit at this point because it's a light show really um and and it's i'm i guess it was pretty remarkable at the time now it's just like 
a waste of time to me. Yeah, it's and, like, you know, it's like Pink Floyd, like, you know. And <laughs> so another one's one of those Pink Floyd things people say you could sync up the song Echoes from uh metal the album metal mm. uh pink floyd uh with him going through the stargate which is what it is called in the book yeah uh, a stargate so like and you see his like weird contorted face making oh, crazy yeah. crazy looks. basically yeah so like he's going through which i mean it's supposed to convey like he's going crazy from seeing things a human can't comprehend. right yeah and it's, I, like i get it but like yeah, and, and but like, like said, it's, think... it's basically a still picture of these weird faces yeah you know it's kind of like like a, he's down in the camera with his eye. That's uh, it. I'm like, oh, is he like melting or something? Is this an effect or is it just weird? And no, it just turns out pic- it's just weird. <laughs> it's just weird pictures of Kyer Delay. Uh, just <laughs> I don't know. Because I'm it. trying to remember. Like, I, I, I guess I, I don't have a clear memory of how they described it in the book. So basically, you know, the, the you know, the last thing that like even in the next book and the next movie, the last thing, you know, goes on forever oh my god it's full of stars right so mm-hmm. he sees like basically what he sees inside of the monolith is like infinity right uh opening up like underneath him like which so. is and he does not say that in the movie does he, he? does not say that in the movie even he, though it's like one of the most famous lines from the whole thing it's in the sequel and it's in the sequel and, and i guess they they recorded him saying it for the sequel <laughs> unless it got cut maybe it was well, it's the same cut. actor in the sequel so they could have easily record, had him do it then, I guess, because Kyer Delay plays Dave Bowman in the sequel. That's right. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, in the movie goes through the the, the acid trip. Um, some of it's just to me, I was like, all right, like the, the, the at least the effects, like the light effects were something. Then eventually it's like these weird negative shots of like grand His canyon eyeball and yeah for some the, reason yeah the grand canyon and like i don't know hawaii or something <laughs> yeah yeah um and he ends up in like a hotel room now what he finds out like he goes through the stargate and and, and it's funny because you you mentioned this when and i had the same thought as well that's very similar to contact he goes through he feels like he's in the grand central station he sees what he thinks are ships or old ships or decrepit ships um it's like he thinks it's like a Grand Central Station for like multiple stuff so for these yeah, for like star travel. Yeah, right. Uh, ends up anyway, ends up in a very mundane. He, that's, I think even in the book, it's like it's he was surprised by how mundane this, you know, his arrival was because he ends up in like a hotel room. That's yeah, just of. like, oh, welcome. You're here now. And it turns out the aliens got this image from like a sitcom, I think, or something. Yeah, it was like a, t- a TV show, right? right? Basically. So they're yeah. they're they're tracking the the, the TV signals fl- f- blasting into space. And the movie this is all just it's all visual, there's no dialogue. It's Bowman walking around and then he sees himself and then he's older and then he sees himself eating dinner. <laughs> And he's older, and then he drops a cup and sees himself on the bed dying. Dying, he's like super old. And, and then he sees the monolith at the end of the bed, and then there's a baby in a womb on the bed, and then there's a baby in the orbit of Earth, and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. And, then, and I guess, in, and, and they didn't make that, I don't know if that happened in the movie, but in, in the book, there's like a, a warhead or something in orbit yes. of Earth, and the baby makes the warhead explode. And he's so like, yeah, so in the book, it's it's very clear. So they don't quite do it this way. In the book, he's his, it's basically what's happening is he's getting downloaded. Yeah. 
like his memories he's living his memories backwards right like he he says oh I, it's kind of like what happened to hal yeah like, you know he's going backwards like he's like i am i i feel freer than i was but i still remember everything that happened but i'm i'm less than i was i'm now i'm this and then eventually again he's the what they call the star child the star child right and he's like oh and you know this is just a form that you're taking because he still needs to have a form but eventually that's not going to be a thing either right so he's he's still dave bowman kind of um what was dave bowman becomes this uh ends up around earth and then i think his thought was like he you know like he blows up these warheads that are that are in space and he's like, I'm the ruler of this now, basically. <laughs> like, this is my planet. And that's kind of how it ends. And I think the last line is something like, he just didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to do next. Or now he had to decide what to do next. And that's right. right. Again, in the movie is sort of more symbolist. It's more, you could take it, it's more of a symbolic ending, I would say. In the, in the book, it's very clear. Like, yeah, he becomes, uh, he evolves into something else. Um, so. And yeah, and and I mean, you know, I you know, we sort of made fun of of certain things or whatever, but I mean, it's it's really it's really cool. You know, the story's really cool and the movie is also really cool. It's just so long. If it it could be easily 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, very 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 easily and still be as still be complete, still be entertaining and yes. and not really lose. No. It's just a lot. that I think that Stanley Kubrick is very uh, in love with a lot of, and he's very specific with how he shoots things and what he, the, 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 you know, the idea that he wanted. I mean, this is really the, one of the first times you see spaceships kind of move in a, in a, in a realistic ish way. Right. You know, like kind, you know, like I love the docking of uh, with the space station where the Pan Am ship has to sort of, you know, match the you know match the rotation and yeah i mean i I love all that stuff because and i think a lot of the space stuff and and you know this is also generally a very silent movie like there's music in those classical scenes the classical music and you know there's some music during the during the alien stuff but everywhere else in space there's no sound right so whenever like for example when bowman explodes his uh his hatch it's all soundless you know Mm -hmm. Because there's no air until until the until air starts the, filling in. Yeah. Until he pulls the lever. So I mean, it gets so many points for that, and it's obviously a seminal movie. It you know people again either didn't get it or but it was a flop kind of until I guess there was some theater owner who figured out that people are coming here and doing drugs, and then that became like the thing, the thing to go, the thing to go do. And like you know, there's a lot of movies. Like I'm a very, I'm probably more like an auditory person than I right. am a visual person. So like all I I like doing stuff and like, I'll, I'll like listen to I'll list. There, there's a lot of movies I can listen to and not necessarily have to watch. You cannot listen to this movie. You, you have no idea what's going it. on because yeah. you'll hear, you'll hear some annoying alarm that goes on for way too long. <laughs> and then you'll be like, what's that? <laughs> um, anyway, I mean, obviously, I mean, it goes without saying, you know, everybody who's a sci-fi fan, if you've never seen it, you should watch it once, but don't be sleepy. Well, yeah, because like I, I was watching this uh, late at night. I think yeah. I was in bed and I sort of passed out for a little bit of it. And then I passed out for like, I think I passed out for like a little bit of like the, the trip to eternity or whatever yeah. it's called. And then I like came to and I was like, oh, wait, how, how long did I miss it? Is it over? Oh, no, this is still going on. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those movies. I actually pro- I was actually proud of myself because I didn't fall asleep at all when I watched it this time. Impressive. I usually doze off. So I was impressed with myself. Um yeah, it's 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 good, but 
It's one of those things, like you, like you said, you need to see it at least once, and and it's it's cool. Like I've I've seen it more than once. It's maybe too. something I've every. A bunch, I've seen it a bunch of times, and every time I'm like, man, this movie just takes forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the thing is, it's beautiful. It is a beautiful movie. Like, um, and even the, even today, like, and oh, and yeah. I don't know, like, you know, it's probably been remastered to some degree. Oh yeah, I just watched it in 4K. It's gorgeous. Yeah, and and, and, and yeah, the the models, like you said, the models are great. Models are great. And, and you know, fine, not everything's moving like super fast or anything like that. So it, it's it's easier, I guess. But like, it holds up. The map paintings of the planets are fantastic. The map paintings of like the the, Mar- the moon base is fantastic. Um, they had, I think what they, they had, uh, I think 13 different map painters, which is a, a lot Yeah, because I think they just said like, if you wanted to do this many map paintings, it's going to take you 13 years. So he's like, okay, great. I'll hire 13. If guys. I hire 13 map painters, we'll do it in one year. Right. So that's what they did. So there's just some gorgeous work in this movie. The mod. I love all the models, the Aries, that one shuttle he uses mm-hmm. to get to Clavius, which is like that big pod looking thing that like you know lands in that you know landing pad that goes down i love that that's really yeah and again like all of this stuff is so like the you know the pods you know if you go look i think a lot of you know i think we talked about this too like you know star trek the motion picture is like so much from this movie like even spock's trip into v'ger was exactly that you know shorter and narrated so less you know right Spock is telling you what's going on (laughs) like shocking why why would you do something like that but you know they have like those those work bees which are basically the pods and you see those and like you know i remember playing space quest 5 which is a play on star trek and there was like a little work bee thing that you had to go and do a mini game in and and stuff so you know this this movie and the and the the designs and some of the you know the themes and and things are so so seminal that like yeah i mean it's it's so important these beautiful white ships you know like Mm -hmm. nice white that light gray just i love it i love the i love the model work in this movie oh yeah it's amazing it's great and 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 it can't be beat it's just that you know stanley kubrick wants to tell a visual story he wants to tell He's not as interested in the intricacies, I don't think, of, you know, David. Yeah, and I think, like, yeah, like, the, the, the characters are not that important. Right. And really, you know, I mean, there there's nothing spectacular about David. They're, like, they're ast- astronauts, you know? Yeah, you know, I mean, why has he become the star child? Because he's the one that goes through the star. Yeah, this is not like he's the chosen one. He's just no. the one that made it there. Right. That's exactly what happened. You know, but, so. And I think it, it sort of harkens back, right? He's he's Moonwatcher, right? He's the one that. Yes, exactly. He's the next guy. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, Floyd touches the one thing, and now Bowman's out there in space uh, going and, and, and getting the final sort of this is you're 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 leveling up as a species yeah exactly so so okay, should we talk so about 2010 we quick? sure should yeah. because <laughs> it's it's great um now i'm gonna i'm going to preface this by saying i did not have a chance to revisit this book because it's not available on audiobook um, and i i listened to a very small amount of the french recording of the the audiobook which which was interesting so <laughs> I, will I will be going off a very old memory i do remember some of the things that are different yeah no um, so, did you watch the movie i watched the movie of course i yeah. watched it so we, we did watch the movie it's a fantastic movie um as a, again as i said as a kid and even now i 2010 is a much more enjoyable movie experience um to me because it's it's maybe because it's not meant to be some sort of you know, work of art or yeah, it's it's not like somebody goes oh you you haven't watched 2001 you know it's you have to um 20 you know and like 
it is and i when i'm looking on youtube about this movie it's on a million things where it's like ov- most overlooked movie of all time most overlooked sequel of all time and i think that's probably true it is true like honestly like i i, I don't think i i had read the book and i don't actually think i had seen this movie until i actually finished watching it just like an hour ago it's a really good movie it really is like I it mean, really is so like art again just like it's not just like but in a similar way arthur c clark was in heavily involved with the making of this movie he was using email they were when him and uh, the director peter hyams were like early email wow. adopters. E- electronic mail yes and they were actually communicating through email during the making of this movie um which is pretty darn cool in yeah. itself um it's uh 2010 it's nine years later mm-hmm. right um the main character of this book and movie is haywood floyd okay who's only you know who's only uh in the intro of the previous movie right so he's a minor character sort of in the first uh movie and book and in this uh, in this book he is the main character i mean there's lots of interesting characters in this story and he is and he is portrayed by a substantially different actor yes so uh, again, in the movie of 2001, it was uh, William Sylvester. In this movie, it is my one of my favorites. Our good uh, friend. <laughs> our good friend, Roy Scheider, um, who I, I love in everything that he does. I just love Roy Scheider. I, just love I, I, I agree. And I think we were talking about this. Like, you obviously know him from, like, you know, Jaws, Jaws. and that stuff. I, I honestly know him the, the most from, from Sequest DSV. Right. right which i which is why i watched sequest right <laughs> because roy scheider and then when they changed to michael ironside i lost interest it's like oh, whatever now they're in space and it's weird like <laughs> yeah that got show got really off the rails yeah, so season one was good oh yeah i love that show love the season the first season cap roy scheider as a, as a submarine captain it's like a dream I yeah it. it's like come on now <laughs> it's awesome so yeah roy scheider plays haywood floyd there is in this movie is full of people you love yeah okay. quite the cast like do you if you do you love john lithgow everybody does well he's in this movie too and it's like weird it's like a weird john lithgow role to me but i like him in it <laughs> he is not yeah it's not what you think of as a john lithgow role he is like an engineer who's sort of he's wearing a do- stupid hat most of the time <laughs> he's kind of dopey yeah he's like kind of dopey he's he's afraid of being in space um and bob balaban another guy i just love and everything that he does um He's, uh, you know, you might remember him from um, from Christopher Guest movies. He's like the he's like a nerdy guy. Yeah, yeah you've seen him in things. And like um, Helen Mirren as like a, a Russian lady. It's kind of weird. Helen, <laughs> and you know what it is? Helen Mirren is actually Russian. She's oh, is got, she? Yeah, she's got her mother, or I can't remember which one of her parents. I be, or Mirren, I believe, is a Russian name. Right, because so she was speaking father. Russian, and you know, I, I'm no Russian expert, yes. but it sounded pretty good she knows russian and he was in close okay account. so her name is helen lydia mironoff right so it's her father. it's her real name yeah so yeah bob balaban's also in close encounters of the third kind mm-hmm. remember he's hanging out with the french guy and um, of course Ki- cure duella dulia whatever delay. Is. delay is that yeah. it yeah and he's back as, as back. david bowman um yeah who else is in there was somebody else in this movie that i was like holy crap um Anyway. Oh, uh, Candace Bergen was it? Yeah, which she was not credited. Yeah, at the time, in like in like one scene, <laughs> she's Sal Nine Thousand, the lady computer, right? Which um, I guess they make fun of in Red Dwarf. Now that I think about it, 
So basically, um, their Russian um, a Russian scientist comes to. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's okay for Soviet science. I mean, I don't know the this. Well, you know, this, that's that's the whole thing, right? Like the space programs, like co- cooperate despite the yes. Cold War and all that stuff. So he comes to see Doctor Floyd for Haywood Floyd. Um, in the book, it is at um, Arecibo. Right. In Speaking of contact. Yeah. Yes. In the movie, it's at the VLA in New Mexico, which is much more, which I, I guess the director, Peter Himes, felt was much more cinematic looking. Well, I mean, it is. Right. So it's definitely cool. You know, you see all those satellite dishes and 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 Roy Scheider's up there with his short shorts and he's working on <laughs> he's working on some, something. I don't know. I, I, I've always wondered, like he he seems to live on the ocean because he's got dolphin pets right but he's in but he's but he's at but he's in what is it new mexico or yeah it's in new mexico at the vla i'm like i don't know what's going on here yeah okay you know maybe i don't know what it's supposed to be and as a kid i was just like oh you know it's the future there's satellite dishes yeah it's the future there's satellite dishes everywhere and and people people have have, dolphin pets yeah (laughs) dolphin pools in their in their living rooms i was like this is gonna be awesome (laughs) Uh, and i live in florida i don't have dolphin pets um and uh basically the 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 russian guy is telling him like you know you know we're, we're gonna you know we're, we're going to jupiter going to and jupiter and he's like okay you guys should come you <laughs> know and, and basically because and they're like you know you know they can't get on discovery because you know you know how to do blah blah blah, blah. yeah and i well, guess they're building a discovery too two. and so he's so the u.s position is like well we'll go there with discovery too and the russians are like you can but we'll get there a year before you and and the orbit (laughs) is is decaying yeah which which kind of made me laugh it's like well haven't you checked the orbit it's like well of course we checked the orbit then he goes to check the orbit he's like oh shit it's decaying what the hell (laughs) yeah he does that weird roy scheider laugh (laughs) yeah and and it's like oh i I guess it's decaying i guess we do need to hurry up Which you know, there's and in the in the book, there's a lot of political stuff. That much I do remember. Like the politics are heavy, mm-hmm. in the book. and they reflect that in the right. movie. But it's obviously a lot more like surface level. Like, oh, the U.S. and Russia are at odds, and yeah. And I love the uh, Time magazine that has like the Soviet premier and the U.S. president, which who are Arthur C. Clarke and Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> That's who they are on the cover of Time. Um, so basically, he's Roy, uh, Roy Scheider, geez, Louise, <laughs> Dr. Floyd, Floyd yeah. is meeting with his counter, his guy that took his job, right? He's like, you know, telling him what this what this Russian guy is. Yeah, because he's no longer the the head of, of you know, whatever. No, he's basically their version of NASA. They, he took the blame, right? So that's yeah. kind of what it is. Like he he took the blame for everything that went wrong on that mission because he was the guy that was in charge of the mission. And and what happens to to important people instead of, you know, fading into obscurity and whatever, he becomes the chancellor of university instead of, you know, that's right. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, of New Mexico by the ocean. Right. I don't know which university. So basically they have to, you know, the, the thing is, it's like, look, if the if the you know the the Russians are like oh these poor Americans need our help <laughs> to get to the yeah that's how they sort of you know, justify it to that's, the they the justify Russian it government. and the American guy and and then Haywood Floyd is like you know well whatever we find we can get there you know we can yeah and basically like you know the Russians are like we'll go there ourselves but it's gonna take us a ton of time because we don't know the right. systems we don't know how the computer works blah, blah blah so if you just come with us 
you'll get there a year in advance. We'll get our answers quicker. And, you know, you just have to sort of like be embarrassed a little bit that we're going to take you there, but deal with it. It's, but you know, it's worth it because they, they get to find out what happened to discovery and before it, you know, falls into IO, which I believe is it's, it's at a Lagrange point, right? Yes. Which is like the point where gravity is like neutral between two bodies. It's, you know, they can, it can hang out there without being pulled into either body, but that's not happening. So this in discovery is, is going to crash at some point. I don't know why I know what a Lagrange point is, but I do. I don't don't know. I'm sure I read it in a book somewhere. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So basically it's a long trip. He's got to go up there. Yes. You know, he's got a new wife (laughs) and it seems like she's at least in the movie. She's like way younger than him. Well, she is. And he even says so in the movie, you know, she's young because his first wife died like after the events of, uh, of 1999, she died like in a plane crash or something, I think. And he mentions his daughter later on from that. Right. So, you know, he's got to go on this trip, which is going to take him what? Two year or year and a half to get there. Something like that. I can't remember what it is. It's a long way to go. And on the Russian, uh, the Alexei Leonov, Mm -hmm. uh, who was the first Russian, first human to do a spacewalk. Correct. Yes. It was called the Titov. And then what's the guys? Oh, people fall out of favor. (laughs) Um. So when you know he goes on this on this mission and he's woken up, he's the first guy to get woken up by the Russians. Now in the book, there's another ship. There's the the the, the Chinese are sending a ship called the, of course because you know called the CN. I can't T S. Yeah, I I can't pronounce. All right. Anyway, the Chinese. So you know the reason it's really not in the movie is because that ship kind of does some of the stuff like you you know gets destroyed anyway so yeah i mean it's not really a of a, a, an important kind of it's just another piece of the political puzzle that's going on um so like you know floyd gets woken up thing and and the thing is you know in the book the russian i from what i remember like they didn't really have that much tension the russian astronauts were like look we just got we're all working together fuck what's going on back home yep that's that's what it was in the movie. It's a little bit more tense. You know, Helen Mirren is like, I don't trust you. And she's I can't trying just... to give him the, pol- the whole political discussion. He's and Floyd is not he- having it. I love it because like, you know, he's being brought up to speed and like looking at what what they've given, what what they've discovered. And he's like, you found evidence of chlorophyll, you know, and and she's like talking about the blockade and whatever. And he's like, whatever, like and, and then he's like trying to find out the the information from the science officer and the science officer is giving him the information and he just wants to know how fast the thing is moving i love it when he loses his patience he's just like, how, how fast one meter per minute or whatever it was that's incredible and he doesn't care about the political stuff because how far the frick away are they anyway right well they can't do anything about it they're stuck on this ship together you know um they send a probe down which is a in the in the movie I think is a very very cool yeah um uh set piece you know they have this probe going um with these you know spotlights and it's going over Europa which is you know ice and so cool I thought I love the 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 model of the of the, of the of the of Europa that they did is great and you know it finds something you know the the sensors go crazy and then you see like the probe like rocketing you know off of europa 
and they're like, well, okay. <laughs> um, that's weird. <laughs> um, but they have they have to do this um arrow breaking maneuver, right? Right. Which is a uh, I'm not sure you know the validity of that you know but i guess we've never been to another planet yet so right but i mean you know in in theory it makes sense if you want to slow down you sort of dip into the upper right. atmosphere you create drag you slow down and then you whip what, around the the planet what i like <laughs> is how like a little like if this was 2001 everybody would just be sitting there with their face like no big deal you know the movie if, yeah but in this movie everybody's like this is um nobody's done this before so right i hope it works you know they basically they deploy these like big sort of balloons which is, is interesting that like they would have the big balloons there like did they plan hey or is that like for splashdown or something like i don't know why it would have those big balloons yeah i actually was wondering that myself now that but it's a cool the leonov by the way is a cool ship um, it kind of it's almost like it's like nostromo ish well what it is, is actually if you look at the uh omega class destroyers from babylon 5 it's almost uh-huh. the same ship with that with that centrifuge sort of spinning in the middle um but yeah i think you're right but it's it was designed by sid mead mm. uh futurist famous futurist imagine that's your job title futurist i just think of future things uh, he's a great artist i loved his uh illustrations when i was a, a kid like an omni and things like that you know mm-hmm. I would, that magazine was so cool. Oh my gosh. This this movie is Omni magazine brought to life. I feel. <laughs> um so they do this cool arrow and by the way, again, the effects for this part are are really cool. It's 1984, you know. I love it. It's like this and there's some really it's not Kubrick, but there's some really really I think interesting and cool shots of like Jupiter and the moons and things like that without being like ostentatious and taking forever. Right. Like this, the ship just sort of really small like in flames like along that with the with the sort of crescent edge of jupiter and the rest of the planet in darkness i just love that kind of stuff very very cool. yeah very very cool so it's you know it's a success you know this this one of the russian crew members comes into floyd's like bunk and like to to, 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 hug, to hug him because she's because, scared yeah yeah and uh which could um, have been creepy but he just it's just a thing no it's just you know hey listen He's an older man. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you're, you're like father ish. Right. Yeah. And right. And we should say Roy Shire's movie must've been in his fifties. at this. Or so. I mean, I just feel like he's always old. Yeah, I guess so. Even in Jaws, <laughs> I think he probably was much younger than me, but he looks, he seems, he's just, he's very, he's, uh, he's craggy. I don't know. Well, rugged. he tans, you know? <laughs> yeah. He's like, uh, he's like Edward James almost. Yeah. Smoother, but yeah. Yeah. Smoother. Definitely. But you know, they're, they're just like, even when they're young, they look old. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's one of those guys who's just born like he was born yeah. thirty five, and then like just yeah, yeah, maybe DeForest Kelly the same. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I guess like, no, yeah, but he's just a he's just one of those guys. He's just leathery. That's really yeah. <laughs> so eventually they wake up, um, Kernow, right? That's mm-hmm. uh, Ron. Uh, uh, that's uh, John Lithgow. John Lithgow, yeah. And then um, Doctor Chandra. Again, you know, re, re, uh, retcon back to the original. It was Bob Balaban. There was that scene in the beginning with Dr. Chandra talking to Sal. Sal. And, and we find, and it sort of it cuts away, but it's like he's going to sort of test on Sal what he's going, he wants to do with Hal. And again, like speaking very kindly, and it's like, you know, I really need your help with this. And yeah, he is very. I mean, he, 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 he he's a little creepy with the computers. He's spectrum right? Yeah. <laughs> For sure. 
like if he was around today, be like, okay, that guy, that's his thing. He's, yeah. he's on the spectrum. He, computers are his only friends. Okay. He definitely is. And I, I, but again, I guess when we were talked about Hal in the first book and movie, these are his creations and they are sentient. So it's like, they're his children. They're his children. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it, but it does. And I think he does a good job because it's probably supposed to be a little creepy. Yeah. And he's very, you know, so yes. So basically what is it? Some of these, what, how was arrow breaking? And he's like, I wish I could have seen it. And I wish I could have been, I wish I could have slept. I wish I could have slept through it. So basically the reason that these guys are getting woken up is because they're getting to discovery, which when they come up to it, it's very cool. It's like spinning, you know? Yeah. It's spinning and it's like dirty, <laughs> It's dirty with sulfur, right? The sulfur dust, which kind of changes the color. The craziest thing ab- about this movie with the sets is that Kubrick destroyed the sets. Kubrick destroyed the models. They had nothing. They had, they didn't even have like concept art or um, photos like taken of the models they had to use the movie right <laughs> so the fact that they recon they read they did the the model the original discovery ship and the the pod bay and the bridge all like really really well like mm-hmm. they recreated them without any real any help from from anybody kubrick like, damn it kubrick <laughs> and the, the reason hell, no the reason that kubrick did that because this was very this is the thing that happened they would just take that crap from other and then put it on some other sh- you know shitty sci-fi movie or show. right and he didn't want that he didn't want like the discovery showing up in like you know m- you know mars and lost in space or something yeah and lost in space took a lot of the stuff from yeah. star trek and vice versa so like that's why he's very like you know protective of his stuff i think somebody found the space station from 2001 like the model like outside somewhere right like just junked and it's like oh my it's like movie history oh my god it's so that's so disappointing to me that you that you can't actually see the actual model of the original discovery is discovery model i would love to see that that would just be very cool um so basically uh Kurnow is there to kind of get discovery in working order because he's an engineer and that's what he does um he makes friends with this max guy who is the russian uh kind of his russian counterpart right um and in the book it's actually kind of inferred that they become a couple believe it or not somewhat like Hmm. yeah it's like a gay thing in the book but in the movie they're they're just friends that's the 80s you can't do that yeah but they it was inferred it wasn't like you know it wasn't over um and yeah he's he's afraid to be in space he's freaked out by by being, he, you know, they basically what they do is they just have to, the, the they have this like jet right, and they're just he's just jetting the the Russian guy is just jetting out with it. He's kind of tied Kurnow yeah. to him, and he's literally he's literally like jetting across the distance to Discovery, um, and then they have they open up the airlock and get in, and uh, pretty it's pretty uh, that's a pretty cool sequence too. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I think, and then once they're on the Discovery, yeah, they sort of have to like turn it back on. And Pretty everything much. works, <laughs> you know, everything's fine. Well, because I mean, nothing happened to the ship. No. They just kind of <laughs> Bowman just kind of like he left and he just didn't come back. So right. the ship just kind of hung out. It's like, okay, how was off? And, you know, I guess it's like, I don't know. I guess it's got like nuclear whatever on it. And you know. yeah, yeah, that's it. And you can stop it from spinning around. And a lot of this. She's delisting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like the Klingon. Uh, 
Klingon ship. So a lot of this movie too, like um, uh, Floyd is writing letters to his wife, um, sort of to, you know, which this movie doesn't need it. I mean, that could have been used in the first movie, right? Like, yeah, but it's, you sort of know what's going on here because there's okay. like dialogue and and stuff. Okay. But yeah, it's sort of like our our captain's logs. You know? Yeah, pretty much. That's what I think it, it, the function of it is. And uh, Chandra gets his chance to go over, and he goes into Hal. And kind of runs the reverse, right, of what Bowman did. Yeah, sort of like re rehydrates him. And and again, like it's almost like I was a, a little again disappointed, but also not because it's like they turn Hal back on, right? And he works. And and then what was the <laughs> what was the solution? Was well, I mean, I deleted that memory. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, well, you can't do that. He's like, oh no, I made a I made a tapeworm. Like I did that that does that. It's like you can't because the memory is is holographic. Is, it's holographic memory and it's it's all you know sequential and you can't just delete things because it'll be noticed and he's like no 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 i made a program because i'm smart like oh okay and everybody's like well he typed really fast on the keyboard so i'm sure everything's fine (laughs) (laughs) it's like one of the first early like hacker guys Uh, yeah there it is (laughs) tapeworm done yep i typed a lot of typed a lot of characters um and again, Hal is just confused, right? He's like, oh, where's where, where what happened? Where's, where's Dave? the crew? Where's <laughs> you know, it's like, do you remember Dave leaving the ship? It's like, I do not. Why? Well, I, I can't imagine what would cause a, such an eventuality. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, at this, it's, and, you know, at some point, you know, because like what happens is because the Russian and American stuff goes bad, right? So there's a, yeah. So this is the whole, like you said, in the book, it's, it's a lot more. There's so much of this stuff in the book. I I don't remember as a kid. And in the movie, they basically get like, you know, messages from earth every once in a while from like, you know, the 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 replace the director guy. And he's like, Oh, things aren't good. Things aren't good. (laughs) I wish I had better news for you. Uh, But the thing is going to shit down here. Um, he yeah so like the russians run the blockade and the americans sink their ship and kill all these russians very uh, cuban missile crisis yeah. right so but, but actually like resulting in bad things which is this is this this i always bother me it's like you can suggest that we leave the leonov but you know we're like millions of miles away yeah, it's like we're just gonna do what we want like no yeah, i mean but they for some reason they decide to like comply so basically um the americans go to discovery and they're gonna have to make like a long take the long yeah because there's not a lot of like fuel left or something so i I think they said it's like 28 months like low low power right return make a long long way around Um, is there like food i guess i didn't never really talked about that but well they had those weird there's like weird mush that they were eating i don't know there's probably yeah i guess Remember in the movie because he's like, oh, there's something bad that smells. Someone died. There's someone dead. And like, oh no, it's just like just some galley or something. meat that went bad or something after <laughs> nine years, right? Um, and well, you know, Doc, you know, Floyd is kind of just like you know hanging out. <laughs> you know, they're <laughs> killing time because there's nothing to do, right? They have to wait for like a 28 days for like the the, the window, inj- yeah, they inject the launch window. Um, and then he sees like. Or he gets, he's getting a, a Hal's like, oh, there's a message for you, Dr. Floyd. And he's like, uh, it's like, you need to leave tomorrow. It's like, what, who, like, what, what, what Russian is playing a joke on us? It's not from whoever. Right, it's from the, from David Bowman. And he's like, it's what? Like, what? Says, Turn around. And then you see like spacesuit Dave, spacesuit Dave looking young, like, or, you know, well, that's, that's the thing too about this movie. Like that guy did not age. 
Yeah, because like it was, it's it wasn't a short. It was sixty eight to eighty. Yeah, eighteen years. Yeah, and like he looked pretty. I mean, maybe they colored his hair or something, or not, but sorry, he looked pretty years, good. Sorry, not eighteen years, sixteen years. Sorry. Still enough time. Like I look older than I did oh, sixteen yeah, I mean, years ago. Yeah, exactly. If I'm a thirty two, I looked a lot different, a lot younger than I do now. So like, you know, um, he does the thing. He follows him, and then he's doing his trick. He's a he's an old he's man. old. He's young. He's ancient. He's... Except now, Dave is giving us some exposition, which is nice. Yes, he's like, you have to leave in two days. We can't do that. Well, you have to. <laughs> Why? Because something wonderful is going to happen. It's oh, like, good. Hey, that he, sounds awesome. <laughs> and then he's he's really old, and then he's the baby, and then he's gone. Yeah. And I and then he I, I you know he has to con- convince the Russians to go along with this, you know you've been drinking your whiskey from Kentucky. <laughs> you know it's funny as I was watching there's a cool like one of these old making of documentaries on YouTube from this movie that's mm-hmm. introduced by Arthur C. Clarke and that part where he's putting the pens to sort of describe what they're going to do. Yeah, like that's the same trick that they use for 2001 where they're putting tape on glass. Right. But it's funny because they have Roy Scheider doing it. It keeps falling off. <laughs> and then he finally gets it to work and he can't remember his line because he's like, I'm just amazed by this. I can't remember the line that it actually worked. But um, yeah, so basically what they're going to do is they're going to take Discovery and use it as a booster uh, for a high high, high burn, right? Like yeah, because basically Discovery has enough fuel to give them a boost and then the Leonov has enough fuel to get them home, but not each one individually. So they both have to do like the, the long trip home right route, which they don't have time to do anymore. So right. they basically have to sacrifice discovery. So they're, they're kind of figuring out how to link up the ships. And then while they're doing all this, they're like, there's something, Hey, by the way, um, you might want to check out this thing on Jupiter. That looks weird. <laughs> <laughs> this like blob. And they're like, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> So while they're doing all this prep like that spot keeps getting bigger and bigger um and they don't really know what it is. Now the now Dr. Chandra this part makes me crazy. I will say <laughs> <laughs> every time I watch the movie I'm in the book it was it was a, a little bit more elegant. But in the movie it makes me crazy. It's like you waited until now to like <laughs> have this discussion with Hal? Are you freaking kidding? Yeah, me? it's like cuz it's like, well, Hal might not take this well cuz he might he might have to sacrifice himself for us. Yeah. And you know, we can't tell him that, so we'll just like make Lie. up some bullshit. It's like, well, isn't that what got us in trouble in the first place? Yeah. So it's like there's now 2 minutes left and he still hasn't told Hal the truth and I'm like, <laughs> "Good lord, dude." I mean, seriously. Um cuz I, I still f- I I feel like or I don't know, because I guess like Hal's overriding programming was the mission. But I feel yes. like if you say, hey, if you don't do this, we're going to die. There's also probably some like, you know, I'm a robot and I can't kill people. Yeah, some like Asimov rule, right? Yeah. So like, I think one of the things that the Chandra says, he's programmed for curiosity. He's going to see the importance of this. This is a once in a lifetime event happening right under our nose. What, you know, why wouldn't how wanted we he would say we should be investigating this this is important um which is kind of what hal says i think i should stop the countdown <laughs> you know yeah and then like to me it, yeah it's the same thing it's like you're yelling at the tv it's like just tell him that you're all gonna die if you stay because he'll <laughs> be like oh i get it 
Yeah. Oh, okay. No, that makes sense. <laughs> right. And that's what happens, but it's yeah, so it's like, well, thank it's, you it, for telling me the truth. And then it, it's, a, like, yeah. it's, it's crying. It's very, it's, it's touching, but I mean, you could have done that like without like the planet of Jupiter having this thing behind you the whole time, whatever, you know, it's, it's, some, I know in movies, they have the things happen because the movie has to happen. Well, yeah. And there has to be some, you know, there has to be some tension. tension. Yes. And all so, this yeah, stuff. You, but again, like everything I find with Hal is very like, I don't know, Pat, it's like, well, we shouldn't lie to him because we need to tell him the truth, but we're not going to tell him the truth. Oh, but then we told him the truth and it was fine. Because like, in the end, he's not like a crazy thing. He's just a, he's programmed that way. Yeah. So he'll be fine. <laughs> you know, he's, he's, you know, the mission now is to get your crew member. Yeah. This is the new mission that you need to accomplish at all costs, which is save, save everyone. Um. So basically, so then they, you know, they're looking at the spot and what they see now is like that there's tons of, monoliths right the spot is made up yeah. of like and they're multiplying like virus like a virus is what they say right and that's one of the first one of the early uh cgi shots is uh those monoliths down there uh, yeah the and it looks cool i think so it's very cool so basically what those monoliths are doing is they're sucking i mean jupiter is like collapsing right it's a very cool again love the effect yeah like i i would say they're not like as groundbreaking as as the first movie but they're still they're still good the effect of jupiter sort of that was cool yeah I, I like this the the clouds and the look of it is just a, it was very cool and then um you know basically you know the countdown happens dr shandra somehow is able to make it across uh in space at full thrust to another ship and get in okay. yeah which that i thought i'm like oh well he's gonna die because this is insane but he survives because he has a really good tether <laughs> i guess that's, i mean he would be dead yeah that's i mean even without the tether he would just like from the forces he would be yes, dead. but be, whatever well, it's again it's it's a space movie um he gets in they separate the the ship and discovery stays behind and they go they do their own thrust the v the da whatever she says <laughs> <laughs> I, I learned counting in, in russian that's for exactly sure. <laughs> two I, sounds very similar and i see the thing you know what's cool about this movie too is you actually see the two different design constant design languages of decades right like the ultra white of discovery was like the 60s dream of what the future is and then retro the, futurism yeah yeah the leonov is like alien it's mm-hmm. like this ship is like made to do this thing and it's a place where we work. Yeah, it's, it's very not, like utilitarian. It's I mean it's yeah, yeah very I Russian. Love, yeah. I love that the the sort of the marrying of that. Because really the Leonov fits perfectly in the early eighties, right? Yeah. It just fits right in. And and, and I want and I want to make sure of this because the copy that I watched was, you know, I, I acquired it. When they speak Russian in this movie, are there subtitles or are no, there not? Never. There are not. Okay, so that's what I thought. And I thought that was really cool. Because we're supposed to be Floyd and we don't speak Russian. That's right. And no, there's no subtitles. I always laugh though when they when the, like for one one of the meetings where they're all talking to each other about Europa or whatever, and they're speaking in English and Floyd because you know Floyd's there. He's the only American yeah. at that point. And it's like, why are they speaking in English? I mean, I mean, I guess they're being polite, maybe. Yeah, they're they're being polite or whatever. But also, it's like space, you know, space and flying and stuff. And English is kind right. of English like the, the the universal language. Or whatever, because it was interesting. I did turn on the subtitles. So I was like, "Oh, this is one of those things where like I have to do it manually." Like when I'm watching like right. Better Call Saul, and they start speaking Spanish, I have to turn on the subtitles manually sometimes. But uh, but it says the subtitles say speaking in Russian. Like, well, that's not useful. <laughs> no, there's no subtitles. Um, but before um, anything bad happens, you know, Dave is talking to Hal. 
telling him sort of the same thing <laughs> that uh, something wonderful is going to happen. And he's that, you know, don't worry, Hal, you're going to be with, you're going to be where with me. Right. Is what he says, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, 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 it's a nice, which uh, is a big part of the next, which is a big part of the next book, by the way, 2031, 2061, 61. 61. That's it. Yeah. Which is, which somehow Haywood Floyd is still the main character, yeah, <laughs> you know, but, um, we, we were just talking about uh, for all mankind. So. Correct. Yeah. At least it mismentioned how freaking ridiculously old he is in the book. But um, the Jupiter sort of impl- it implodes, doesn't sort of. It implodes on itself. And yeah, it exactly implodes on itself. Yeah, it doesn't sort of. Um, and uh, what do you know? Becomes a second son. Oh, look at that. Which in, the, which in this universe is named uh, Lucifer, by the way. Well, you know, why not? Lightbringer makes sense, right? Yeah. Um, and, uh, basically, uh, all of that stops the war because the, the message Bowman sends is like, these worlds are all yours, except Europa. Don't um, go to Europa, but everything there. else, use it together and use it in peace. Right. So <laughs> that, like, was, that was a paraphrase. Just FYI. I think that's pretty close. Yeah. But basically the message is stop, you know, basically the, uh, there's a greater power than you. Uh, we just made a son. Yep. And keep your, keep yourselves, uh, keep your, you know, stop, stop being stupid. Stop being stupid. Don't go to Europa. <laughs> um, Very clear about that. Part. Pretty much. And that's, and that's, and that's pretty much. And then the end of the movie uh, and the book as well uh, shows the uh, a new monolith on Europa. In the way it's like, I forget what, what year he said it was 200,000 and something. Right. Right. Um, and there's, there's plant life everywhere. Um, cause there would be, cause Europa is one of those bodies in our solar system that could, they theoretically yeah. always think could harbor life. Um, they're very excited about Europa. So that's it. It's very, and then it's kind of implied, right. That there are going to be new. So what is it in the book? It says like that they are the, that the, um, the children of this son, it's like the other, the, uh, the, 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 our son is like the brother that got exiled and is way far away. I can't remember exactly, but the Europans, I believe. Yeah. So, so, so there is going to be life on Europa. Um, again, great concepts. Cool. And it, it is, it is uh, ex- expanded upon in the next two books. There are two more books uh, in this series. The last 3001, I think was the last book that Clark ever wrote before he passed away mm-hmm. in the late nineties, which I, I bought like release day. I got the hardcover. I was very excited. Um, again, Frank Poole as the, as the main right. character in that one. So, and it's again far, far, far future humans. You know, thirty first century humans. So, um, I recommend. Listen, as a movie, I think you people would love like two thousand and ten better. It's it's a, like I said, it's a, it was a. So I was not expecting it because you go look like Rotten Tomatoes. It's got like, like it's okay. It's got like a sixty eight percent or something, which is woefully not good but but yeah like i I, it was like more than any other movie i think we've watched in in the course of you know the the life of this podcast i i i liked it the best i really thought this was a good movie i was very surprised it's it's a it's a movie i've seen over the years since i was a kid and that i watch every time i watch it i always love it so um, but again, it's got Roy Scheider. So. Yeah, it's got Roy Scheider. I mean, it's got a good cast. It's got a good story. It's a very watch. Like I, I think also like having just watched it back to back with two thousand and one. Right. It's it's obviously a much more watchable movie. Well, you can put it on and like 
you might be able to get up and get a drink (laughs) (laughs) but um no it's 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 as far as like what we would consider to be a movie it's better but you know 2001 was you know there was so much like auteur movies back then especially mm-hmm. that was a thing so and kubrick is a thing and he every movie he makes is like this he he does it this way and it's it's a it's a process but again you can't deny how beautiful it's shot and and the and the and the special effects were rightfully i guess there was controversy because the only i guess it got an oscar for special effects that kubrick accepted like which is interesting because yeah, obviously he wasn't the one that did not the, richard edlund this. are you i mean it's weird yeah, I mean, but but yeah, I mean, it's obviously a very seminal movie. But oh, I, Trumbull, I think, sorry, Douglas Trumbull, is Doug, Trumbull? Doug, Tr- Doug Trumbull, right? Why that was thinking it. Edlin. Edlin did the effects for this one. Douglas Trumbull is who I'm thinking of. Yeah, and days. and so yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a very seminal movie. I think I like the book better. Oh, for sure. There's you know a lot more story in there, and it moves a little a little better. And uh, and yeah, again, 2010, very 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 surprised, and and I don't think I've read the others, so I probably should. Oh yeah, I recommend I recommend them. I might now that I. Funny thing is, just like last time, where I'm like, I'm going to do the Vampire Lestat now on my own. Um, I want to now go up to my bookshelf and get the 2061 off. Yeah, that would be super cool. There, there. Any if you have never read Arthur C. Clarke, read Arthur C. Clarke. So um, yeah. We are going to go off the rails, I think. <laughs> yeah, we'll try. We're going to try. We're, we're trying things here. So, like, I've decided, I think we both have decided that if we think something's interesting, then we're just going to do it. So, we are going to actually be doing uh, No Country for Old Men next. And I was talking to Joe about my toe dip into Cormac McCarthy books. Right. Now, right. <laughs> and the horrifying experience that I had so far with uh, Blood Meridian, which is a book like no other. But this No Country for Old Men was written, I think, intentionally as a screenplay, if I'm not mistaken. So Yeah, so it's a shorter. I think it's only a seven hour audio book. Right. I, I I had not read the book. I've The movie is, is a very is a great movie. So it's Coen Brothers, which is number number one. I get to yep. watch a Coen Brothers movie for this Huzzah. podcast, which is uh, awesome because uh, I love the Coen Brothers. Same, so, same here. And I know it's not sci-fi, and I know it's not fantasy, but it's still a journey to wonder. It is a journey, right? <laughs> it's I mean, a journey, that's for sure. You know, so yeah, well, we'll try it out. We'll see how it goes, and maybe we'll I like it. Know. Maybe we'll hate it, and maybe no one will uh, listen to it, but let, let's, let's do it. From what I understand, um, I have the book. I feel I hear it's very close to the movie. So, um, but does the book have Josh Brolin in a cowboy hat? <laughs> Probably not. Okay, so that's where. Yeah. So, so or, so, uh, yeah. or what's his name with the with a mo haircut? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So no country for old men. Uh, uh, next, and and let's do these things that we never actually we do at the end of these shows. Is you could send us an email. Right. at jtw show jtw show at gmail.com we've got a facebook page if you want to if you want to post a comment over it's there that's super active <laughs> no but you know we just I, we do this because we we enjoy it if we were doing it for downloads we would have given up a while ago so. for sure i mean for sorry we would disappoint tens of people tens but, of people would be disappointed so you know i guess i have to live with it it gives it gives, at least for me it gives me an excuse to 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 go to read some books that I no, either haven't I, read for a long time or otherwise wouldn't read and and the, you know we have fun talking. So. That is a hundred percent of why I do it. I yeah. mean, I I mean, if somebody if somebody listens to us and says that's something worth listening to, that's great. But for me, the fact that I get to revisit and sort of maybe analyze a little bit because normally what happens is I'll revisit a thing and I'll say to myself, "Boy, that was really 
cool. And then I don't have anybody to talk to it about. Yeah. But I, I love the to have to be able to um take a thing that I or a thing that I don't know about. Mm-hmm. And and but but even the things that I do know I like, it is fun to to revisit and kind of also do like those some deep dives I tend to do sometimes where you kind of discover some little intricacies you weren't aware of, which I did with 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 both of these movies. Um I kind of looked into a little bit more of the behind the scenes stuff um and and kind of got some more inter- some interesting information. So that's why we do awesome. it. That's why we do it. So yeah, please go on the Facebook page if you listen and just give us a like. That would be great. If you didn't like it, you can I don't mind. I I I yeah, anything. Hey, and any any feedback is appreciated. Good or, used to, or bad. You guys to talk love, too much. You blather on. Whatever. Just yeah. tell us. <laughs> I used to love. Remember when we would get a bad um, email or face on our last podcast, and I read them. I I didn't care. I thought. Oh yeah, I got a <laughs> kick out of that. That's fine by me. So if you want to shit on us, I don't care. <laughs> Do it. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, there's no no. I'm I'm like that kid. No attention's bad attention. So um, anyway, we'll see you next time. Hey, um, we should get some credit, Joe. This is our second show of the year, and it's on time. Look at us. Yeah, and, and let's hope the next one, again, this is a shorter a shorter book. going to the UK, though. So. Oh, I got, I got two long flights, so, so I'll burn a seven-hour book. I'll burn right through it. <laughs> so we can, we can probably have, we could get it out early. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. All right. All right. See you later, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.